Thank you for that, leading us in worship. I, I think you prepared us well and appreciate it. Well, I think after tonight's light show, our text is appropriate. I think we can uh, perhaps imagine a little bit some of the experience of the disciples. So let's dig in. The story of Jesus' earthly transfiguration into an unearthly, dazzling, divine-like being may be one of the most remarkable mountaintop moments of scripture, at least in my opinion. I would imagine that Peter, James, and John, after looking back over the years with Jesus, of all the things they did, I think they must have remembered this as one of the most amazing experiences that captured their spirits. And I suspect that very few of us can describe a moment like this in our lives where we were so dazzled by God's presence. But many of us can point to a few times, perhaps maybe more, when we have met God in some significant way. Sometimes we even talk about those moments as mountaintop experiences, for of course, the mountain is a symbolic place of meeting God in scripture. Reading the story again this week, I was reminded of a Google search I did on the word spirituality. A few of our first semester students have heard me talk about this already, and I don't mind if you groan a bit to hear it again. My son Joshua would probably do the same thing. A while back, he and I were talking about something, and I forget exactly what it was, but I remember telling him that it reminded me of the spiritual life and of what God is like. Joshua looked me in the eye, shaking his head ever so slightly, and said in a tone that a 10-year-old can pull off with such mastery, Mom, is everything about spirituality? Well, that took me aback for a moment, and I thought about it. And then I smiled and said, yes! And I had his permission to share that. So once again, I read this text, and what do I think about? Spirituality. And I suppose I'm not the only one who likes to think a lot about spiritual things in our time and our culture. The Google search on spirituality I mentioned brought up over 200 million hits yesterday. And I wonder if you can guess the first five. Go ahead, this may be the only time you are invited to pull out a smartphone. So for the next few minutes, five things that come up when you type in spirituality. Number one, what do you think? Wikipedia, of course. According to that great source of communal knowledge, spirituality can refer to an inner path enabling a person to discover the essence of his or her being. Wow. The website goes on to talk about spiritual practices, about prayer and meditation, some of the things we talk about in covenant groups. Number two, and these folks are very prolific, the Christian Science Publishing Society, yes. And they want to talk about spirituality and healing prayer. 
Not surprising. Number three, BeliefNet asks, what's your spiritual type? I wonder what that means and how I would find out. Psychology today suggests that spirituality really means something different to everyone. No definitions to capture the essence. I don't think this was prepared by a professor. Finally, number five, the University of Maryland Medical Center. Now that one I would not have guessed. Spirituality and health, again, commonly intertwined in our time. A short way down the page, we encounter images for spirituality. And Adam has been kind enough to help this non-techie put this up for you today. So let's take a look at the images that we find. I'm preaching today. <laughs> that was listed. That's a good thing that I remembered. So let me show you. There are images filled with rays of light. As you can see, almost every single one has light in some form. We see multiple pictures of people with arms up, light shining all around. I'm thinking maybe Adam could do some techie stuff for me right now and I could have, you know, beam of light coming up from behind. Virtually every picture focuses on light. Now, if that's what spirituality looks like, then I don't think I've experienced it very much. Especially not that one in the top left corner. I don't know about you, but I haven't had too many moments like that. Though curiously, some of these images do remind me a bit of our biblical story of mountains and light what Peter, James, and John might have seen. So keep that in mind. In a fascinating book called Do Christians Know How to Be Spiritual? I love that title. John Drain suggests that spirituality in our culture tends to focus on an inward journey to understand one's own purpose in order to live a more fulfilling life. A journey toward wholeness and healing. Yeah, I can see some of that up there. What is clear in this description is the emphasis upon me, my life and fulfillment, an inward search and then an outward connection with something beyond myself to meet my own needs, me. And if you take a look at those pictures, there's only one that represents any kind of community. Every other one, either there are no people or there's a single person practicing spirituality alone. For many spiritual seekers in our time, this search involves the desire for spiritual experience, from pilgrimages to retreats, from mountaintops to spiritual hiking adventures to small covenant groups. We long for spiritual nourishment to encounter God in significant ways. But I wonder in what sense Drain's definition and our Google results do or do not represent 
Christian spirituality. There is much we could say about this, reflecting on scripture and theology as a whole, but I want to go back to our text and see if there are any insights there, especially from the perspective of Peter and his spiritual journey. So we enter the story in chapter 827 where we find Peter speaking. Now, of course, this isn't unlike him. He's usually one of the first out of the gate to get his ideas out there. He's also showing signs of leadership already at this point. He may be speaking for the disciples as a whole when he responds to Jesus' question about who he thinks and perhaps the whole community thinks Jesus really is. This is a central question for the entire book of Mark. Jesus is someone special. People are already acknowledging that. Perhaps it's even the return of an important prophet. And then Peter has his shining moment. You are the Messiah, he says. And Jesus doesn't deny it. In fact, in Matthew's version, Peter is told he will actually become the foundation of the church. He will receive the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Wow! Some of the most significant moments in our spiritual lives occur when we believe we have received a calling from God. And I know this comes up again and again in the spiritual autobiographies I have heard from some of you. I can imagine that Peter himself glowed a bit at this point. He's getting a rare glimpse into his own future purpose. This is part of what spiritual seekers are looking for today. And Peter has the word from Jesus himself. For Peter's sake, it would be nice to just stop right there and skip ahead to the six days skip ahead to the mountain. Unfortunately, we must continue on to the next part when Jesus, who is experiencing remarkable success among the people and who Peter has just said is the one true son of God, describes a future, not of glory, at least not at first, but of suffering and of death. Peter again feels he must speak up and point Jesus in a different direction. Now this moment between Peter and Jesus feels kind of like a parent pulling aside a child and saying, now Johnny, that's enough. You know you better not talk like that. And Jesus does something that must have been hard. He looks past Peter at all of them. Get behind me, Satan! Not a stellar moment for Peter and the rest. This is not a feel-good mountaintop experience for Peter's spiritual journey. This is a low valley. I can just imagine their faces. Any glow would be snuffed out. This is the moment in your spiritual journey that makes you cringe. The humiliating time you wish you could forget. Don't we all have these? Just when Peter thinks he has everything figured out, he's getting a little too big for his britches. But who can blame him, really? Suffering? Death? Not the typical path one would expect for a son of God? 
According to the text, just six days later, everything comes to a head, and only three are invited to climb the tall mountain. Now, this turns out to be something truly special, beyond imagining. And remember, Peter and the others have been on quite a roller coaster. It's a wonder Jesus even brings these three along after just looking at them and calling out Satan. I suppose I would have had my doubts, but Jesus does not give up on them. He's remarkably changed before them on the mountain, far more than anything we can see in these pictures. And then Elijah and Moses arrive to chat. What an experience. It's so awe-inspiring. The disciples are gripped with fear. For once, Peter doesn't know what to say. But, being Peter, he tries anyway. And they are told by the great heavenly voice to simply listen to this, the true Son of God. So what are they supposed to listen to? Well, there could be a few things, but some scholars think one of them is a reference back to the earlier valley moment. Peter and the others need to know that suffering and death are part of this journey with God. Denying oneself and participating in everything the cross represents. This is part of the spiritual journey, just as much as the joy of being called and the mountaintop moments when God's presence and God's words are overwhelmingly clear and bright. For many people today, inside the church and outside of the church, spirituality is all about me, as I've already said. It's about finding peace and joy within and meeting my own personal needs. These things do matter in Christian spirituality. At the same time, if my small group or my church doesn't meet my needs anymore, I'll find another one that does. Spiritual highs are often the goal, and spiritual lows are avoided. Talking about pain and suffering, living through them with others, denying ourselves, these are not the goal of the contemporary spiritual seeker. Peter and the others have to listen and learn that the spiritual journey often includes hardship. We have to learn that the Christian spiritual journey and the contemplative life involve not just inner spiritual peace and contentment and joy, but living in tough daily life, giving up the next promotion when we feel called to do so, choosing to live simply and give more away, staying committed to family members when they are difficult to love, standing up for someone who doesn't have anyone else, going to seminary because we believe that we were called even when family members might disagree, or we have to keep two jobs just to keep our path. Even when we don't know if a church will ever call us. I've been thinking this week about our year so far as a Truett community, and Dr. Garland mentioned some of the things we experienced already in his prayer request this morning. Thought about our lost dreams, our broken relationships, Injuries, illness, even death. And I see unexpected pain, suffering. 
I see people who have laid a course out before them and are getting ready to lead God's people, but sometimes that course just takes a sharp turn that no one could have predicted. There may be moments of arms raised high where we could say, hey, you know, I identify with something on this picture. But most of the time, it's hard work. It's writing papers at one in the morning. It's not getting enough sleep. It's visiting a friend in the hospital late at night. Walking with God in these moments is true Christian spirituality. The view from Peter's mountain shows that there is a lot more time spent on the climb than on the summit. Peter can't stay up there, even if he wants to. If he's going to follow Jesus, he has to go back down. In our teaching, in our preaching, in our pastoral care, in our work with children, in our youth ministries, in our own lives, we must reject a gospel that is only about happy feelings, about financial prosperity. We hear so much about that about meeting my own needs. If I could draw, which I can't, but if I could, I would want to add some new scenes to this collage, ones without light and without triumph. Some climbing pictures, faces with pain and perseverance, some dark places. These are the places where true spiritual growth happens. That has been true for me, and I'm sure it has been true for many of you. These are the places where we are tested and show what we're made of, what God is making us to be. Perhaps something like this, a painting by our own Kevin Miner that he entitled Hope Defined. Let me show you. This is hanging in our office. Pardon me. And when I look at this picture, I don't see a lot of hope, to be very honest with you, except for this little green sprout down here. This is hope defined with a tiny shoot of new life. I think this represents Christian spirituality at many moments of our life. It embraces both dark and light, both mountain and valley. May God help us to stay the course wherever it leads, knowing the one who is faithful to stay with us. I find it to be very good news that in the end of the story for Peter, he has the courage to do that too. So let's take a few moments now to listen for God. That often requires not talking. So we're going to just listen in silence. And I will ask a few spiritual direction type questions and pause briefly for you to reflect on them with God. So I invite you to close your eyes and take a deep breath and listen.
Have you had a moment recently when God's presence seemed very real to you? Did you sense any invitation from God through that experience? Have you had a moment recently when you sensed God inviting you to do something difficult? Or when you experienced a genuine disappointment? What are your thoughts and feelings about that? What might God be saying to you about this concern? Our God, as we approach Holy Week, may we become more aware of our own path on the spiritual journey, both the joys and the struggles, and help us along the way to listen for your invitations, to open up to you about how we need to grow and change. and to find joy in simply being called by you and deeply, deeply loved. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.